0: Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro podcast. I am Shauna Simawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so that they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have Ramat Karel from Harness join us. Ramat, I'd love for you to introduce yourself, your role, and your organization to our audience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Shauna. My name is Ramat Karel. A lot of you probably know me by Rem. My current title is VP of Go-To-Market Strategic Enablement. I'm also a mother of three, originally from Toronto, Canada, but now reside in the Bay Area and working
0: for a fantastic startup um, by the name of Harness. Well, I'm excited to have you here. You were recognized earlier this year as one of our Women Making an Impact in Enablement. And as a very accomplished enablement leader and woman, I would love to start off by learning, in your opinion, how women in enablement can support each other in growing their careers and achieving professional success. Yeah, that's
1: a really great question. And, And honestly, I feel like enablement is still a very new career that people have entered into probably in the last 10 years or so, and used to be very male dominated. And, and I would say in the last maybe three or four years, there's a lot more females who are entering the enablement space and females who are entering the enablement leadership space. I would say the the biggest way that women can support each other is honestly learning and asking questions and being there for each other, right? Like if, if you're an enablement leader and you lead a team and you have other people on that team, you should be a mentor to everybody, regardless of gender. But if there are females on that team and they have questions about growing in in their role and their function, one, they should be very open in asking those questions to their leader. And two, there are a lot of different forums that I'm actually just becoming aware of now that are for you know, I think there's a, an organization called Wise Women in Sales Enablement and and being part of those forms and and just having very open, candid conversations about what it means to be great at enablement and how to grow your your career in that space. Absolutely.
0: In a video you shared on LinkedIn, you talked about how you personally have been able to work your way up the ladder and get a seat at the table. In your career, how have you been able to prove the value sales enablement provides so that you could earn that seat? Yeah, that's that's a really good question as well. I mean, listen, in any role,
1: one, you have to understand the importance of your role and function and how it plays a part in the overall success of the company that you work at. And I honestly think that step one, if you just think, Hey, I'm just on the enablement team, or I'm just on whatever team and I'm an, IC, you know, an individual contributor, what I do doesn't really matter. And it's funny because there are a lot of people who do think in that way, you're not setting yourself up for success, but when you're able to prove your value, and I don't mean proving constantly having to prove yourself, because I think that's, that's a whole other topic. But proving your value in the sense of if you are somebody who's working on building out internal enablement content, or you are running the LMS tools for, you know, the sales organization, being able to show the impact of your work and how it is affecting the overall goal of the company. So I'm going to dig into that a little bit if you are if the company's goal is to make sure that their reps are ramped in x amount of time how is your lms tool that you have put together that you are very deliberate about what the ui looks like and what the paths look like for new hires and and even current sellers you know to to be going through if you can show that impact and say hey, because I built this LMS out deliberately in this fashion, we're able to shave off 10 days, one week, 10%, 15% off of ramp time for new sellers and increase productivity by 10, 15%, whatever it is of existing sellers, You're, you're proving value, right? You're showing value to the entire organization by doing that. So understanding that Regardless of what your role or function is on the enablement team, I've always said, hey, if I if they have enough budget to give me a job to sit and be a part of this team, I have to show my value and show that, hey, I can, not only can I do my job well that I know otherwise I wouldn't be hired for it, but how is it actually impacting the overall goals of, you know, the, the organization that I'm supporting? And I think Honestly, that's how I've been able to kind of move up in my career is it's very metrics driven, proving the value. So, I mean, again, using the different metrics. So whether you're building an LMS system and proving value there, or if you're building, you know, a Fed practice, enterprise practice, commercial practice from scratch, being able to show that, hey, because of this onboarding program that I introduced to the Fed sellers or commercial sellers we were able to convert deals so much faster or convert them from the different stages in the sales process so much faster. I I, I honestly think that's the way you move up the, the career ladder in enablement, quite frankly, in anything, right? Is if you can actually prove value, it's not just, hey, I'm really smart. I'm really good at this. It's about, hey, whatever I'm working on, it's actually having an impact, not just in my on my direct team, but it's actually having an impact on ARR or ACV uh, for the entire company.
0: I think that's phenomenal. In this rapidly changing industry, can you share some advice for professionals who are trying to seek executive buy-in?
1: Yeah, again, I think when, you know, I think this is a really hard one for a lot of people that are in the enablement space, the way that you're going to really get that executive buy-in is if you're a part of the conversation that's being had behind closed doors um, and not an afterthought. And what I mean by that is, you know, depending on who you roll up into, but if you like for myself, I roll up into our CRO and being able to be a part of those closed door conversations that are talking about hey, this is our strategy. These are the numbers that we're trying to hit. This is how we're going to get there. By having that level of insight, it actually helps you build out the enablement strategy to map the strategy for the entire company. And and again, if you could show the metrics and the numbers, and, and this is something like, listen, if you're brand new in your career or you're brand new in seat in your job at this company, Getting that executive buy-in from the very beginning, for some people, it can be very hard and it is something that you need to be able to prove out over a course of time. But let's just say you have a history of, you know, you have been climbing the, the enablement ladder and are now joining a company, you can actually show what you were able to accomplish in past roles, right? So if you were able to reduce ramp by so much, if you were able to actually show how sellers are able to, to move from the hardest you know, sales process conversion of moving from a prospect phase into discovery and, and taking that discovery and converting it into a, a first meeting, I think those numbers are always the lowest for every company. But if you can say, hey, the numbers were 20, 30 and 50 percent and I was able to change them to 50, 60 and 80 percent at this other company you're gonna get the ear of the executive. But if you just go in there with ideas and thoughts, not so much, but if you can prove it with, with the numbers and what, you've, what your track record has been, I think that makes a really big difference. And again, if you don't have a track record, this is the first time you're in seat and in this role. It's about being a really, really good listener and getting invited to those closed door conversations, listening, and then building your overall enablement strategy around the strategy of the overall organization.
0: Do you have recommendations or best practices maybe around how to stay plugged in on those top priorities of the business? And, and how can this help enablement leaders, you know, again, continue to position themselves as strategic partners to executive leaders?
1: Yeah, I mean I think staying plugged into the business uh, establishing relationships, right, with the broader ecosystem. So establishing relationships with your marketing counterparts, with your customer success counterparts, with your engineering counterparts, with product and and it's funny because a lot of the times we don't uh, from an enablement standpoint, we're not really having conversations with product and I think that's a it's a really big miss. Um, you know, having those conversations with product to understand what's coming down the pipe, what the product roadmap looks like when, you know, a beta uh, release is coming out and when that's going to translate into a gradual or a full GA release. These things matter. And, and the reason I kind of start with the product side and, and building out those relationships is, listen, you're going to have a lot more buy-in. You're going to be able to work better with um, the rest of the ecosystem and understand what the top priorities of the business are is if you're a part of every single one of those conversations, right? Because without there being a product to sell, uh, there is no business. But if you're bought into the product timeline and the roadmap that gives you a better idea of what kind of enablement you should be building around it. If you're bought into what the marketing campaigns are, it gives you a really good idea as to, Hey, this is what's being pushed. So this must be a priority for the company. Hence, I'm going to build an internal enablement program around it, or I'm going to use those marketing campaigns to drive usership to my, you know, university site or whatever it might be. Same thing with customer support, right? Understanding, hey, what's top of mind for the customer support team? Interesting, you know, where the customer support team is is really honing in on X. It might be implementation. It might be, you know, coming down to renewals. It gives me the level of visibility that I need as as a leader to say, hey, this is how I can help and how I can contribute. And Chana, it goes back to the question that you asked before of, how do you get the executives here? How do you get executive buy-in? You get executive buy-in when you actually understand the strategy of the ecosystem around you and how you play a part in that. Um, otherwise, you know every component on its own, not so strong, but when you take all the ecosystem components, like the ones that I mentioned, when you work collaboratively and you work together, you have a much, much bigger impact each of you individually, and you can take that to the executive and that's how you get that executive buy-in. That's how you get people to listen to how you can contribute and make a difference.
0: Mm, Absolutely. Now, I'd love some advice though. How can enablement leaders build strong partnerships cross-functionally as well to gain that support and, and, and continue to expand the value that they deliver so that they can keep that seat at the table?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, cross-functionally building those partnerships, it it comes down to, you know, honestly building trust amongst the ecosystem. So how do you do that? How can you better support that ecosystem, right? So again, if marketing is working on a particular campaign, how can you build the trust of, of the marketing team to say, okay, great, I love what you guys are building externally for the external audience I think that this campaign would be a great way to build internal courses as well for our internal audience and and working very closely with them or even honestly, you know, participating in the conversation for adoption. So bringing them into enablement conversations. So again, if we are focusing on marketing and a lot of enablement leaders have the different, you know, customer enablement under them. And so how do you work cross-functionally with the marketing org and bring them into those customer conversations. Like everything in life, it's a give and take, right? And and building trust and building strong cross-functional partnerships is, we all have the same goal in mind. We all wanna be successful. We all wanna see our companies be successful. And you can only do that if you have open, transparent conversations. So if I'm building out an enablement strategy, there's gotta be different components to it, including product including customer success, including the partner org, including you know the marketing org, of course, including the sales and engineering orgs, and sharing that with the cross-functional leaders to say, hey, I can't do this by myself. You guys play a really big part in this as well, um, and bringing them into the conversation. And, and I honestly think that level, again, transparency, that level of communication, um, sometimes we're running so fast that we don't have it. But I would say, slow down, have those conversations, build those relationships, gain that trust. And it's going to make a world of difference and building those strong partnerships across the organization. And then again, much, much stronger together, right? So being heard, getting a seat at the table, having an impact in the overall company strategy of how you're going to achieve that ARR That vision becomes much clearer if you're having those conversations and you have those types of strategic alliances within the company.
0: Last question for you: What advice would you give early in career enablement professionals who are looking to build their leadership skills and climb the ladder in enablement?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd say if you're early in your career for um, enablement, the the best advice I could give you is figure out what you like, but figure out what you're great at. There there are different, a lot of different roles that um, are part of the enablement organization, right? Everything from building content to managing LMSs, to being a program manager, to doing field enablement, partner enablement, technical enablement, I mean, customer enablement, there's a ton. Really know what you're interested in and, and become the master of that. Don't spread yourself so thin that you only understand the basics of the different components of enablement. Dig in, dig in deep and say, hey, you know what? I'm actually really good in front of customers. I'm really good in front of people. Maybe field enablement is what I should be doing. And, and then grow your career in field enablement. Prove yourself out. Um, same thing when it comes to you know, partner enablement understand what partner enablement means so if you are really good at you know building strategic relationships maintaining relationships with people over a long duration you're really good at live trainings you know maybe partner enablement is something that you'd be interested in but take your strengths and and say you know where would my strengths do really well what part of enablement don't don't try to take on too much Start off as a specialist, really hone in on that, and then figure out from there, you know, what the next step is. But be very clear and deliberate about where you start in the enablement space.
0: I love that advice. Well, Ram, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And I learned a lot from you.
1: Thank you, Shana.